We're going to be different here at Pleasant Hill, and that's okay. Amen? And most churches right then, most people would have got up and left and said, hey, we got to stay on cue. But that's not what being in His presence is all about, being on cue. There's people still at the altar. We're going to let them pray. We need to keep that going. I've been in churches before where they just shut it off. I was doing a revival one time. This preacher come up and he had free revival and was giving an invitation. He had his altar full in his own church. And he just shut it off with his altar full and said, Well, we're just ready to go eat downstairs and glad to have y'all tonight. And I was thinking, Lord, help us. We're so worried about we don't, This is the problem with the church today. We don't recognize the presence of God. We go through the motions of religion. We just don't recognize that God's presence is here. And, Lord, maybe it's time for us to just be still and just know that you're here. Because with all the businesses that we have during the week and all the scheduling and everywhere that we go, it's hard to fit God in there sometimes. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just love you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just... Let us slow down this morning. Just, uh, Lord, just speak to our hearts in a special and just real way this morning. Lord, we love you for just dying on the cross for us. Not you give us eternal life, but Lord, you give us access to come into your throne room at any time that we, that, that we have the opportunity, Lord, because we are a child of the King this morning. If you know Jesus this morning, you you are a child of the King. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you just move mighty in this service in Jesus' name. Everyone said, that's what I want to preach on this morning. God is for us. Well, I need to get my Bible. Tell you what, it might be this medicine I'm on this morning. I'll tell you what I'll preach. Amen. i tell you what, my back, it has been one, let me tell you, it's been a rough week. Get ready one in weeks. If anything that can go wrong, will go wrong. Man, I, I from Hunter's truck, Hunter's truck broke down, and this happened, and then uh, my Jeep the very next day broke down. I was in the hospital parking lot if they're going to visit Mr. Waycaster, and my Jeep broke down. And then while we were fixing my Jeep, I picked up the tire, and then that's when I pulled the muscle on my back. And then, it's just been one thing, I could just keep going on and on. Uh, Michelle, go to Genesis real quick. I, I kind of felt like Jacob did here when he had lost Joseph and his sons, and there was, a, there was a famine in the land, and he sent his sons to Egypt to get some food. Well, as they, as they were in Egypt, they met the governor, they met the man who was over Egypt, which was Joseph, his lost son, where the brothers had sold him into slavery years earlier. And so... Joseph seen the brothers and seen all this put sacks of money on their on their donkeys and on their mules and, and stopped them. And this is what he said as they emptied their sacks, their each man's sack with a bag of money, he paid for the grain. The Rada herds and their fathers were terrified when they saw Wait a minute, that's the wrong verse. I'm missing up here somewhere. My verse, that's not the same as mine. And they happened as they emptied their sacks, they surprisingly each man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their fathers saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. Do you have an NLT? 
But tell me, leaving, I'll, I'll go to the next one. I'm going to go to Romans while she's getting there. Here we go, boy, she's fast. Is that 42, 35? I still give her the wrong one. Yeah, but that's not what mine says when I flip it this week. That's still not what it says. Anyway, let's go to Romans. Let's, let's go to Romans. Let's just go to Romans for you. Boy, what a day. I'll tell you what, this week is running into my Sunday. I can already tell you. Romans chapter 8. Oh, help me, Lord. Romans chapter 8. I got it. I'm going to keep pushing forward here. Romans chapter 8. Start to verse 30. Here's what I need. How am I serving God for us? If you believe how much I needed God this week, amen? As that verse in Genesis, I was going to say, it says it seems like everything has come against us. And, and you ever have one of them weeks where it feels like everything has come against you? I mean, just everything you pick up and just everything you have, it feels like the world has come against you. And, and so that, that's one of them weeks that I've had. I feel like just the world coming against you. Nothing, nothing bad spiritually. Things going good in the church. It's just things outside the church that, that just anything that tears up will tear up. Amen. Anything that goes wrong. Y'all have them days that just me. If not, I'm going to preach the door today. Amen. I mean, I, I'm going to love it. I'm going to amen. I'm going to just get it, George. Preach it. Y'all act like y'all ain't never had one of them days. When things go wrong and everything's happening. Listen, this is the time to sit there and be holy today. Amen. We inside of God's presence. If this has happened to you, listen, uh, it's been a bad week for me. But I know there's one thing that has always come back. When I first surrendered to preach, I had a, a, a man that lived down the road, a very godly man. His name was Shorty Berry. And as soon as he found out that I threw to preach, uh, he wanted to talk to me. He called me up to his house, and we were we were talking. I, I can remember being out in that yard, and he said, George, I want you to remember one thing. He said, you got the call of God on your life. You're going to be preaching. He said, remember one thing. If God is for you, who can be against you? And I, and I remember that. Listen, that stuck into my mind. That is just ingrained in my heart. Since I've been in ministry and been preaching and, and pastoring the church and trying to trying to do the work for the Lord's kingdom, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's what I want to tell you this morning. God is for you this morning. Amen? How many of y'all believe that? God, listen, you've got to believe that. You've got to get that down in your spirit this morning, that God is for you. You're a child of God. You've been born again. You've been redeemed. Whatever you want to call it, you're a Christ follower. Whatever. You're a child of the King this morning. God is for you. Amen? Let's say that this truth right here. God. Man, y'all are good. How about right here? God. Man, y'all are doing good. Let's go over here. I love having three seconds. God is I mean, God is for you. If you don't get anything else this morning, remember that God is for you. And, and I may have had a bad week. Things may have went wrong. But as me and Devin was talking, Levi had peace in knowing that God's still for me. Hey, remember, all that stuff is material things. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rust. It's going to rot. It's going to decay. It's going to blow away. But the things of God are eternal. Amen. Our salvation, things that we do is eternal this morning. I, I wrote a prayer down that an old country preacher used to pray every every day. He, he'd pray his day. 
when he was having a bad week, he just prayed every day because he knew he was going to fight the devil, he was going to fight the world. Here's what he said, oh Lord, give me the backbone as big as a saw log, ribs like a large timber underneath this church floor, put iron on my feet, galvanize my britches on my body. Give me rhinoceros hide for the skin and hang up a wagon load of determination in the gable end of my heart, uh, uh, the gable end of my soul. Help me to fight the devil every day as long as I got teeth. And then if not, let me gum him to death until I die. Amen. We need that. Amen. That's why we need to be sometimes in our life and our walk. Lord, just give us the strength because I know that you're for me. You're not against me. There's some things that, that Paul is writing. I want to read this in verse 30. It says, in verse 31, it says, What then shall we say these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or plural, or sword? Paul says, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, yet, yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Then he says, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things to come, nor heights, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in, and remember that, you need to circle that word, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord this morning. Amen. I love that. We are more than conquerors. Why are we more than conquerors this morning? Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. You say, well, he's a big God, brother. George, you said God is for us. What's so great about God being for us? Well, he said right in that verse right before that, he said God is for us. Who can be against us? Paul was writing to the church here. And listen, if anybody had anybody against him, it was the Apostle Paul. He had the Jews coming against him. He had the Romans coming against him. He had the magicians coming against him. He had the soothsayers coming against him. He had all these idol worshippers coming against him at all times. Wherever Paul was at and was preaching the word, he would get stoned. He would get beat. He would get shipwrecked. He would get run out of town for preaching the gospel. And as I realized, if I read that, I thought, man, I don't have it near as bad. I ain't got beat yet for preaching the gospel. I ain't got run out of town. Not maybe a few churches every now and then, but not out of town. Amen. Never got run out of town. And I'm thinking, here you are whining over all your material things, George. When I bless you with so much more, get your eyes off of the material things and get your eyes focused on the cross. That's the greatest thing you can do during the week to give you peace and just to give you joy. Forget about what you did, what you don't have. Amen. Forget about what you don't have. Concentrate on what you do have, and most especially, what you have by being in Christ. We are blessed to be in Christ this morning. What shall we say? These things, if God is for us, 
we shall be against it. Listen to this, Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and our strength. Psalms 121.1 and 2 says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Where's that help come from? The Lord. Amen. And so here's what here's what we look like during the week a lot of times. We got our head down. Amen. Man, we're just how many of y'all walk down with your head down and talk to yourself? Amen. And y'all holy ones over here didn't raise your hand, y'all do it. You walk around during the week, you got your head down, you're just talking to yourself, I don't know what I'm gonna do, man, I'm in trouble. I got this, I don't know, I'm gonna pay for this, I don't know what I'm gonna do here. This is broke down, I don't know what I'm gonna how many of you ever walk around with your head down just talking to yourself all day long? You get more discouraged, the piles of life, things happen. That's why David says, my help comes from the Lord who is made. He says, lift your eyes toward heaven. Amen? Get focused. Get your life, get your eyes focused back on the cross, not on the people and the things that are around you. Amen? Man, and that's not no self-help group. That's God's Word. Amen? You want to get a better attitude this week? Look toward the heaven. You want to quit being so negative and, and, and just all the time, man, 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 man. Ever have you? Man, 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 man. You have them people all the time. It seems like they never have nothing good to say. I mean, you can show them the prettiest flower garden and look at there, that was that. You know, you show them the prettiest stuff and as soon as they got it, they got one bad thing to say about it. You know, we like to kill a big old fuck, take it to that type of person, and say, yeah, but mine looks bigger than that one. You know? Talk about bubble bursters. They're bubble bursters, ain't they? But we got to keep our eyes not on them folks, but our eyes toward heaven and focus on what God has for us. Go back to verse 32 with him. I love verse 32 that Paul writes about. He says, God is for us. Why is God for us? What makes that so important that God is for you this morning? Because he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us, not just a little bit, all things? See, we walk around a lot of times as children of God as beggars. We walk around as spiritual beggars as children of God. We're a child of the king. God wants us to start living like we're a child of the king. But there's a lot, listen, there's a lot of Christians. I come, we can come, I go to church at the church and go here. They don't look like they're a child of the king. They don't act like they're a child of the king. You can really tell no difference than them in the world. Amen? I go to churches and, and, and buses when they call revival. Revival's a time to be excited. Amen? I mean, I, I, I preach in some churches and go in for revival, and I'm excited for revival. They're just not there yet. I mean, I'm, I'm fired up, ready to preach. I'm packed. So why are you so passionate? And why are you excited? The church is on fire because Jesus gave his son, Jesus, to die for each and every one of us. And he give us free access to all things when we're in a relationship with him. That's why I'm excited. Go to the next verse, Michelle. Who shall bring this charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who? Now, here we go. Who is he who condemns? Who accuses you? 
God is for us, but He also fights against our accusers. How many of y'all got accusers? Got a few here. How many have been accused? <laughs> Getting better. He says, who condemns you? Who accuses you? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. There, man, there's three sermons right there in that one verse. Three sermons right there in that one verse. Who condemns us? What Paul is saying, who, who condemns us? God is for you. Did you know that God has plans for you to prosper you? How many believes that? Man, if we don't get this, if you don't believe God is on your side and He wants to prosper you, you're in a bad way this morning. If you don't believe God has the best for your relationship this morning, He wants the best for your family, the best for this church, if you don't totally all sell out to that, you're going to be miserable tomorrow at work. You're not going to get nothing out of this sermon, nothing out of this service, if you're not totally sold out that God is for you. How many of y'all have ever said, I don't know where God's at. He wasn't there when I was going through this. How many have even said that? God, where are you? God was right there with us. Listen, he who condemns it, it's the Satan is the one, the devil. He's the one that loves to accuse the brethren. He accuses the child of God. But the Bible says that God has a plan. He has a hope. He has a future. Everybody said, well, if I get saved, do I have a future? You bet. Number one, you're going to live eternally with Jesus. Number two, you don't have to act and think and like this old thinking world. You can be different. You can be separated. You can be transformed by the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen? I don't know about y'all, but I love being different. Ask Madeline. She says, yeah, he's different. My mom and dad knew I was different growing up my whole life. And then when I started to preach, people said, he's different. And thank God that I'm different, because I don't want to preach like every other preacher. Amen? I don't want to wear a suit and tie like they do and play religion. I want to be spirit-led, anointed of God to preach His Word, to see people's lives change, not just for a show. Amen? We're not here this morning, guys, for a show. Somebody told me when I first started preaching, you can't preach like that and keep a house full. So what do you mean? i got to play politics? Where's that getting America? Amen? So that means i got to join the religious crowd? No, just be George for God and you'll be good. Amen? God is for you. Who? Who? Nothing in this world can be against you. God is for you. Why? Go back to that verse 30 where it says, who condemns you? Who condemns you? Number one, I love this. It is Christ who died for you. Man, that, that's enough right there to get you passionate and excited to come to church. If nothing else this morning got you out of bed is that Christ died for you, give His only begotten Son. He didn't just die for the world. He died for you. We always say God so loved the world, but He died for you, Garrett. He died for you, Levi. He died for you and you and you. Not just the world, for me. He died for me. 
So that, that is a benefit God for me because He gives all of the God's Son that I might have eternal life. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you're saving my friend, you are, listen, you don't know what you're missing. Amen. Number one, you're missing heaven. You don't hear the blood preached in churches much no more. Well, yeah, Brother George, you don't need to preach the blood and the gory stuff and all. Preach that. Give me a sermonette. That's real uplifting. Sermonettes are for Christianettes. Amen? We need to get back to the preaching of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is where the church has got it today in 2015. We've chased all the fans. We went all after trying to look good. But we forgot about the blood is what changes people. We forgot about Jesus is the one that saves. I can't save a soul in here. This church cannot save you. And I love it when I ask people, do you know Jesus? Well, I'm a member of so-and-so. I didn't say that. Even when people join, I'll say, are you saved? Well, yeah, I'm a member of that. That's not what I mean. You can have a piece of paper with your name on it and die and go to hell today. There's not a piece of paper in a church nowhere on record that gives you entrance into heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father, but through me. Amen. Through me. Not no church I get so sick of church membership. I really do. People put that junk up there with salvation. It has nothing to do with it. The devil has misscrewed that, used that. People almost think that's their ticket into heaven. Well, I've been going to church 40 years right there. No, you've been sitting there for 40 years. Amen? Membership does not get you into heaven. Oh, hit my back, Lord. The harder I preach, the more it throbs. You got a crutch? Man, if I had one crutch, I'd get... No, I took that. If you ever seen me preach on crutches, I knocked out four people and hurt the last one. So, there ain't no one I could preach on crutches. Jesus said he died for us. Now, if you just stop right there that Jesus died for us, that's all. That's cool and everything. Jesus died for us. But listen, this is what separates our, our faith out from anybody else in the whole entire world. Because we don't serve a dead God. We serve a Savior called Jesus Christ, Rick, that's alive. He's alive. I said he's alive, church. Man, I'm so sick of dead dogs, all services. We serve a risen Savior that's alive and died on the cross, resurrected three days later. We want to come in and hum and moan and, and, and think we give Jesus our best. He is alive today. Church, listen, I've told you all this many times. I am not apologizing for my preaching, my style, my passion, my enthusiasm, because Jesus is alive. Now listen, we don't need to be ashamed as a church body when we, we need to get over that. 
When you come into worship, it's about Jesus. I get so sick of people saying, they're not all Baptists down there at Pleasant Hill. How did you know? Can you not be a souped up, fired up Baptist anymore? Well, that Pentecostal down at that church, that George Vince, going when I first came here, Levi, we started growing. He's got to be preaching something different. You think? Jesus is... I could go into any church this morning and preach Jesus live and they'll be fired up. I'll have people on the way out shaking my hand saying, you know, that was a great sermon. And you've heard it our whole life. It's just that Jesus has got to get resurrected in your heart. For some of us churches and Christians, he's still in the tomb. He never resurrected. So we don't need to never apologize, church. And I'm talking about church. We make care of business, don't we, church? If you came here more than twice, you're part of us. Amen. Hang in there. Hang in there. Well, I thought y'all, you know, members ought to come six months before they can be on your rescue form. Two times. you part of us. Amen. Come worship with us. That's the way it's going to be in heaven. I would love to see some bad before you get in heaven. Can I see your membership, please? Before you can sing in the angelic choir, let me see your piece of paper. Man, I want you to open up the book of life and look on page 41. I've been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm qualified. I am, I am adopted by my Heavenly Father. I can call Him Abba. I have access to Him anytime. That's my paper. The blood that covers me. Is what matters this morning, church. The blood that covers you is what matters. So when a preacher preaches that, and they think he's something else, because I preach it all the time, because I don't want a church to think that Baptists are the only ones going to heaven. I've been in some churches where they preach they're the only ones going. I'm thinking, boy, heaven's going to be quiet. Only Baptists are going. Oh, Lord. Anybody that's under and covered by the blood of Jesus will be in heaven with you, even that neighbor you don't like right now that you're fighting with. Anybody that's covered in the blood of Jesus will be in heaven for eternity, singing praises to our Almighty God, our refuge and strength. Amen. Won't that be great one day? So let's not be ashamed of worshiping here. I had somebody visit today and said, Boy, they were from a Baptist church. I mean, you had to shake them to there's a lie. They said, Man, we don't worship like you guys. And I said, And I didn't say nothing. All I said is, Wait till you get to heaven. This is nothing what we do here. What we worship here at Blessed, we don't worship, guys. Well, I raise my hand. That's not worship if your heart's not with it. We don't worship in church down here, guys. Well, we go to altars, Jim. I wish we could go to heaven. You just think we worship. I really think they're going to call the hogs in heaven, too. Amen. 
Somebody here, we need some angelic help. Amen. We need some help. But there's going to be all backgrounds, all denominations, all people that are covered in the blood. And that's really, listen, until you get a church mindset like that, they'll never worship. Until we get our church in a mindset that you're covered in the blood of the Lamb and that would get you into heaven. That it's not about Baptist, Pentecostal, and all of that. We will not be a worshiping church until God sets that standard in this church. Because some of us are way too prideful to worship. Amen? My mom said a while back, well, we don't raise hands in our church. It don't mean you can't, you just don't. Amen? Listen, there's nobody in here. If anybody ever tells you to put your hand down, come get me. Amen? One time I was working at a job that I had, and this guy, this is an example of how we are in the American church. This guy come to worship, they wasn't Baptist, but they come to worship, and, and during worship service, they were about halfway back to the church, and they were standing there, and they had their hands up. And the person that I was talking to was sitting up close to the front, he said, I turned around, George, and this guy had one hand up. His whole family had their hands up, worshiping. He said, you know, our whole church turned around and stared at you. He said, what would you do if they come to your church? I'd say, I'll invite him. <laughs> Amen. I want him to show us what we're doing wrong. We can get in the presence of God and worship with him. And this is why we're not having a lot of moves, by the way, in our churches and Baptist any church. It's because we're not getting in the presence of God, and then by the end of the presence of God, it's a convicting God, and we step out on faith and move closer to Him. We don't feel that in our church, so therefore, God's not moving. And if we, if the choir sung the song beautifully, we had a good church service. But the choir sung beautifully back. And our preaching does sing beautiful, but that's not what makes our worship service. For the robes, did they look beautiful? We don't even have robes here, but if we did, don't they look pretty in their robes? They're all iron and pretty. And that's why some people think they had a worship service. And we have got no closer to coming into the presence of God. Nowhere close. We just came in and sat, sang three songs, got up and went, and we feel good about ourselves, but the Holy Spirit did convict us and change us while we were there. And see, I love that because when I say convict in a, in, a, in a church, everybody goes, Ooh! No wonder God's not moving, right? If He can't convict and speak to our hearts, there's not going to be no move of God in our churches. It's called conviction. It's not a dirty word in the Christian realm. Amen. Every time I say conviction, they go, I get convicted every week on what to preach. Conviction's not always about you being a sinner. By the way, we're all messed up. Amen? Romans 5, 8 says, While we were yet sinners, God demonstrated His love for us and sent His Son Jesus to die for us. Did you know you're messed up? Say, I'm messed up. You're messed up. 
God knows we're messed up. That's why he sent his son. There's nobody in here perfect. We're all messed up. Well, Brother George, you know what my background is. There's no way that God can change and undo what I did. He can undo anything. I'm glad people like that. I'm glad y'all speaking up on that. Because there's people that you don't know how bad I've done. You don't know the drugs I was on. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's happened here. I used to be an alcoholic. I used to be this. Oh, I've got some bad, bad sins. You know what? We're all messed up. We're all sinners saved by grace. It's just we got sinners in church. Amen? There's sinners in church. There's sinners outside of church. We all need Jesus. Because Jesus is alive. He's the one that saves. He's the one that can change you today, my friend. I don't care where you're sitting at, what you're going through. Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can change your situation. But we're going to have to listen. We're going to get over this conviction. Conviction is kind of like your smoke law. Amen? I was cooking a pizza that remember when I, I cooked something. <laughs> and so she was about to get home from work, so I put a pizza in. And I read the directions, 400 for 22 minutes. I said, I'll get a 23 just to get a good break. You know, push 23. And I went in there to check it. Pulled it down. It was all good. Went back to my room. I was watching NFL Network, you know, and college game day and all. I love football. And so I'm watching my room. I hear something all of a sudden in the kitchen going, beep, 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 beep. As soon as I heard that beep, something went off in me. I mean, guys, listen, I, when that beep went off, I didn't, I wasn't sitting there watching TV and went, beep, beep. Oh, smoke on. I'm going to check it. Man, when that thing beat, went beat, beat, I had food in my hand or drink in my hand. I went to sit there. I got to go. Something's wrong. The alarm's going off. I didn't just casually go in there. I run. Because I had a piece that was about to burn and a woman on the way from work. And I went in there, and it was starting to burn on top, and the alarm, it smoked a little, and the alarm went off. Let me know. Get up. Do something about it. If you sit any longer, it's going to be burnt with grist. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit that lives in every child of God. The moment that you accepted Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in your temple, in your body, to be there, to be your smoke alarm. You've got a built-in smoke alarm in there, baby. So if you go home today and you think of something and you go, beep, 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 you know what's wrong. But the Holy Spirit is not just a spirit that convicts us over sin. It also guides and directs us in the right path to make the right decisions. Not what we think is good, but what God knows is good for our lives. See, a lot of say, well, I want, I want, you know, I want good things. God wants better things. Amen. we got to remember that. We want good things. God always wants better things. So the Holy Spirit will convict when things are going good. You don't mean you've got, we're all sinners saved by grace. 
But I get convicted every week which way to go to preach a message for this church to keep us moving forward. I've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. I could very easily say, you know what, God, that's a good word you give me right there, but I've got to say Amen. But I'd really like to preach this to them because I'd like to hammer down. And listen, if there's a preacher that preaches like that and has that deep thought, he don't need to be preaching. I've heard preachers when I went to seminary on Little Rock for what little bit I went until I got convicted and left. Oh, I tell you what, I, we'd be in the coffee room there getting a break here in the middle of class, from Old Testament survey or whatever we were doing. Oh, I got a sermon, Brother George, I'm fixing to hammer down on this Sunday. It's a good one. And I said, well, it's not that good if it taught you to do that. I never get up here saying, I'm fixing to give it to you all this morning and hammer down. I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen. I'm going to preach the same every Sunday, every Sunday, but I don't get up here with a big old bat and I fix the front of that center. I hear, I hear so-and-so's doctrine, I'm fixing to knock it out of The Word of God will take care of it. If you're that away, then you're not much of a preacher. Because God's Word, God's Word is a convicting, cutting Word. But it's also a loving word that pulls us into the throne room of Him and loves us and says, yes, you're wrong, but I still love you in spite of everything. Amen? So Jesus, He's alive. I, I love, I'm going to go ahead and move to verse 37. i got to close. I love verse 37. Because that's where He tells everything is God's for. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He's risen. Listen, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for you today. Jesus is praying for you. Yet, after all of this, yet in all things we are more than conquerors through Him, which is Christ, that loves us. And as I'm studying this week, you know what the word means for conquerors? How many ever seen the Nike swoosh? See that Nike swoosh right there? That means overcomer. That's why Nike, Nike sells millions and millions of dollars just off of that emblem. The shoe is probably no better than a Walmart brand. Amen? But that emblem, the shoe is $2.50. That emblem is $159.99. Amen? Tell me the truth. But that Nike means Nikeo in the Greek means to be super conquered. Today we get the word from Nike. How many of you got a pair of anybody got a pair of Nike's on? Let me see one. Hey, what size are these? Anybody wear eleven? Tried. Almost brought my knife. I got a pair of knives home. I didn't bring them. But this right here, when you walk into a store, I'm telling y'all guys, when you walk in a store and it's on the shelf, and you walk in, if I didn't show you that, you would think that's just an average old gray shoe. Amen? If, if you walk in, foot locked or anywhere in the mall, and you sing that right there, you say, that's a pretty gray shoe. 
but there's just a difference when you walk into the footlock or somewhere where you buy your shoes at, and that's sitting there, and you walk by, and you don't go back to pretty gray shoes. You go, wow, that's a great one. Because of the shoes. That's a great, these things I hear make you go fast. Amen. Oh, Daddy, if you buy me these here, I'd score three touchdowns next Saturday at Lake Hamilton. These Nikes are fast. And that's what they, listen, that's why Nike has made their money, because they want you to believe they're fast. And the reason they're fast is because they're Nikes. It works the same way with Jesus Christ. The reason we are not just conquerors, more than, read that verse, more than, is because our foolish is Jesus Christ. When people walk in rooms just see George, they see George. Amen. Man, that is the countryest redneck boy and preacher I've ever seen. When I'm at home with Mev, I'm just George. Amen. She sees me for who I am. I don't show her my switch. I'm just George. I'm just George. Y'all need to go home first. When we give an offer call, it's going to be full today, Lord. Convict their hearts. Especially this blonde in the front. But Jesus Christ, you're not no ordinary sheep. You're not just a great sheep. But when you get saved and you're in Christ, you become a nice you become a Nazi, amen? You are the elite, the best. That word means more than culture, means to be a super, hyper culture. But see, I'm just George, but when I humble myself, Thelma, in his throne room, I'll never get up. And I pray and I ask for God's anointing, Lord. See, this is what makes us all great in God's eyes. Everybody thinks when I say anointing, we want the anointing of God on us that some lightning boat can hit you in the head and knock you out the floor. The Bible never says that. It speaks that of God's anointing His favor on your life. It's about surrendering your own heart and dying to self. Dying to pride. Because see, as long as you walk in flesh, you just got to run over a shoe on. As long as you make your own decisions and make your own calls and do what you want to do, you're just an old gray shoe. But when you surrender yourself and die to Jesus and say, Lord, and I didn't do that when I surrendered to preach. I said, Lord, listen. You know me. I'm just no country boy. But Lord, I, I want you to anoint my words to preach your gospel. I don't have a seminary degree. But Lord, I, I want your anointing. The demonstration of your words are powerful. Not of men, but of the Spirit. And boy, all of a sudden, every time, and when I'm having a bad week last week, I felt like no great shoe. Amen. Everything's breaking, everything's falling apart. And I'm telling you what, I think God hurt my back because, you know what the most comfortable position for me all week was? Right where I'm at right now, it feels good. I have no pain, and I stayed on my knees. Remember, I'm coming there a couple times, and I was laying on the couch with my knees asleep. I was had my knees in the floor and I was sleeping because it felt great. No more pain, no more tears, it's all in heaven. I mean, it was great. 
And as soon as things started falling apart this week, and I quit trying to do it in gorgeous dreams, and started giving it to God, say, Lord, listen, it was just material things. We, we can get that. We can get into a truck. We can get this. I still got a beautiful wife. I'm still married. That's something to brag about in America. Amen. Man, if you've been married, if you're married, that's something to brag about. Especially 28 years. <laughs> she ain't smiling yet. I'm going to keep preaching up. Huh? Like I said, I'm just no gray shoe in my own trick. But when I surrender and I die to George and I die to my thoughts and I die to myself and I want God's will in my life, all of a sudden God raises me up to be a nice. See, you can walk out of here acting and feeling and looking like a nice today. Some of y'all are sitting here being defeated last week. You're down and out. You've been depressed all week. The devil has just raked you over the coals. But you don't have to leave that away. If you leave that away, you left an old gray shoe, not an action. Amen. I love how God uses stuff. But if you leave here being depressed and down and out, not feeling more than a conqueror, you're just an old gray shoe without the emblem. The emblem you need to wear proud on your chest is the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Amen? You need to wear Him out of here proudly and let Him be first in your heart and you'll feel like a knight. You can run higher, jump higher, go faster. It's not because of me, it's because He's inside of me. Amen? Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that, that is down and out, They've had a hard week. Maybe they like me and had a rough week. But you know what? It's just a season. It's just a day. Seasons come and go, but Jesus stays forever. He's with us in the good seasons. He's with us in the bad seasons. And we need to know today that God is for you. God's for you this morning. So if you want to feel... Like a Nike this morning, you want to feel uplifted? You want to feel like more than a conqueror? Won't you make your way and come down to the foot of the cross? Come inside his throne, his throne room of grace. And let just how long has it been since you felt like you've been for the greatest feeling in the world is to be forgiven. There is no greater feeling than to be forgiven. Man, it just puts you on cloud nine. I feel like a conqueror every time God forgives me. And He wipes me white as snow. Remember what I said? What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus is for me. Nothing is going to get you back up where you need to be but the blood of Jesus. That's why as Christians, we're walking around as spiritual beggars. We have access every day to be more than conquerors, and we walk right past the throne room and try to handle it on our own strength. When Jesus is standing there this morning saying, Come, come, all these are heavy laden. Come, I want to give you rest. I want to make your burden light. I want life to be a little lighter on you. Take my 
my yoke upon you. Man, when you take that yoke upon you and Jesus' yoke, you feel forgiven, uplifted, you feel loved, you feel refreshed. You see, life will stack up on you and it'll stack against you. It'll burden you down, it'll give you a different attitude, it'll make you negative, it'll make you, because you're looking through the eyes of the world, but come this morning and look through the eyes of Jesus. It's not as bad, guys, you think it is. You're just letting the devil show you all the bad things in your life, and the one great thing is that Jesus died on the cross for you. Just because we invited Jesus into our heart one time, that, that life will never be troublesome no more. Friends, we've got a lot of Christians that are in chains of bondage today because they think they just got saved. And listen, He did save you. When you ask Him in your heart, He does save you. But that's not the end of the story, guys. He wants a continual relationship with you.